Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Two Bros. Different modes. I am Will. And I'm Joshua. And in this episode, we're going to touch on a little bit of something that went down in Wilmington, North Carolina, with a few police officers that were just doing some shady things. Yeah, this is a huge story last week. Yeah, and uh, we also touch on a little bit of civil rights, police interaction, what you can and can't do. Uh, we, we, we discuss the perception that uh, people have had of the police force right. and uh, their interaction with the public, how that's kind of changed over time. Yeah, pretty uh, much just policing in general. Yes. And, yeah. you know, we got to let you guys know that this is definitely a controversial uh, topic. Um, there are some explicit things said in uh, this episode, but what the officer said was explicit. <laughs> um, so we just really hope you enjoy it. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, which we really hope you do have questions or comments, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can always hit us up on Gmail. It's going to be at twobrosdiffmos at gmail.com using the number two. And you can find us on the social medias. That's going to be Twitter and Instagram at twobrosdiffmos. Mm -hmm. And then uh, soon we will have a, a YouTube page up and running. Uh, for those of you who do not have Spotify, iTunes, and all that other good stuff. So, like I said, we'd love to hear from you. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. So, let's get into it. What about these know. cops? What's going on with these cops? We are just going to go out and start slaughtering them fucking niggers. Can't wait. God, I can't wait. Mm. This is a direct quote. Direct quote. Those were the words of a police officer, a fired police officer oh. in Wilmington. So, just a one? Well, that was that was just the one that he... It was just one person that said that. Oh, okay. Uh, but, I mean, they had this whole conversation. Where is Wilmington? I'm trying to see. Wilmington, North Carolina. North Car oh, okay, there you go. Yeah. So, I'm sure by now everyone's like... Or a lot of people have heard about this. This is a very um, popular story right now. Yeah. Um, next to Sean King, too. Next, to, Oh, my goodness. Sean King. That's crazy. Yeah, we'll get there. Well, yeah, we'll get to shit. Because, Sean, I mean, I feel like it kind of ties all into it together. I mean, it's, it's yeah, you're right there on the same page with that stuff. Yeah, and there are people out there, the legit people out there trying to kill Sean King. And those were ex-police officers oh, yeah. that were in that War Facebook vets. Threat. Yeah. Uh, you know, Afghani war vets, these types yeah. of people. Like, they they literally are making Facebook groups and stuff out here looking for a man. Oh they're on a goodness. manhunt to kill this man in 2020. Because well, nothing surprises me in 2020. Anymore. Because they don't like what he said. To think about that these were retired police officers and veterans. And for me, it's like you can put nothing. It's like it's nothing that they won't or can't do now. Like if you, even though I felt like that for a while, but thinking about that. Okay, we said we were going to get to that. So back to Wilmington. Then. Yeah, Wilmington. Because even, even with these... Even with what they said, mm -hmm. it's scary. Like, these are people that were patrolling the street. And, okay, so apparently there were these cops in Wilmington, North Carolina, that were, seemed like they were on, like, a regular, just like a regular day of patrolling. Because in the article that I read, uh, it said that there was a sergeant that was basically <coughs> reviewing uh, dash cam footage and uh, basically reviewing the tapes uh, that record inside the police car. Mm -hmm. And at one point, she heard one of the officers say, uh, we are just going to go out and start slaughtering them. Them fucking niggers can't wait. God, I can't wait. 
Like, I feel like that's, like, that's just crazy in itself. There was so much more said, though. But, I mean, she saw that. And when she saw it, they were basically, it's like when they were passing by each other. This you know, you the see chief that all the police. You see that all the time. No, not even the chief of police. Just like a, uh, who, just who the is, sergeant. Who's recording? The sergeant was recording or was uh, reviewing the, uh, the videos. Yes. She okay. was reviewing the videos. And that's when she saw, uh, that's when she saw this. Hold on. Let me, I'm going to be sure. I think. I think something uh, very important for people to understand is rankings amongst police officers, um, right? Because you have sergeants, you know, captains, deputies, corporals. captains, corporals, right? Anytime you find yourself in a situation where things are getting out of hand with a deputy or a sheriff or something like that, uh, I think it's probably always best to just ask for a sergeant. Ask to speak to a sergeant because obviously we have corruption all over the place, but when it comes to getting any amount of common decency out of a police officer, yeah. if you can get a sergeant on hand, most likely that person at a higher rank has a little more civility or at least a better understanding of, hey, you're not allowed to just abuse the shit out of people. Right. So former police officer Kevin Piner, uh, him and two other officers, they basically were overheard um, by a supervisor. Uh, this supervisor was like routinely, this was like a review of dash cam footage mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah. So I guess they do that, you know, do this often. Yeah, you should. Right. So it was Michael Kevin Piner. Uh, James Brian Gilmore and Jesse E. Moore the second. Mm. It's like they got uh, so. Anyway, she saw them having a conversation. This basically reminded. Well, she overheard them. It was a phone conversation that she overheard. That like you know, I guess the officer was in his car, on the phone, and she mm. overheard it from the dash cam footage. And then it was also um, one conversation when. Uh, you know how all the time you'll see two police officers like just sitting together yeah. like of yeah, course. yeah like that talking so it was like that kind of situation yeah fraternizing right and socializing instead of you know doing your job exactly oh and they said like they said a lot of uh very bad things yeah uh on the recording surprise uh, yeah um <laughs> They talked about, uh, let's see, in the article it says, uh, just days after protests began in Wilmington regarding the murder of George Floyd in Minnesota, a sergeant uh, was conducting monthly video audits, uh, which, like I said, was like a routine like yeah. type of thing. And she came across this, and it says accidental activations. Because apparently, like, uh, in the car, the... Uh, the cameras don't switch on until the police officers actually activate them. Like right. they're always recording, but it if they don't activate the cameras like manually, then it throws away everything else. Okay. So that's how it's set up. But this was like an accidental. And this activation. is the body. This is the body cam, or this is the car cam. These the cam. These are the cameras that are like in the car. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. So and this so, like what. Wh I mean, okay, go ahead, go ahead. And so basically it says she largely saw a video of the back seat, uh, and she found a conversation between Piner and Corporal Jesse Moore. Uh, and he was a police officer since 1997. Mm. And this is from the portcitydaily.com. Okay. Uh, so it says, as she reviewed the conversation, she heard comments, extremely racist comments made by both Piner and Moore. Uh, and let's say, let's skip down to some of the comments. It says, according to the investigation summary at 6.51 a.m. on a date not listed, 
Piner and Gilmore are recorded having a conversation. Date not listed. Date not listed. Because it probably happened about two weeks ago. You know what? Or, For real. It probably happened ago. like the day the, the like writers and <laughs> I, stuff started. Oh yeah, they knew they knew it was gonna go down and they were itching and ready to just start killing some of these people. Oh, and it does say it's, so it says they're Conversation eventually turned to the topic of the protest against racism occurring across the nation. Mm. Uh, and Piner uh, it. tells Gilmore that the only thing this agency uh, is concerned with is kneeling down with the black folks. Ooh. Mm. Gilmore then said that he watched a video on social media about white people bowing down to their knees and worshiping blacks. And you know what? I actually have seen videos like that too. That's just me, so incendiary. Let like me those. ask you a question. Okay. Uh, what are your feelings on the Democrats doing the kente cloth and that whole photo? Oh op? my goodness! If you nuck, I will buck with you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I've seen the memes. I think it is. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like you look ridiculous. Yeah. So <laughs> like, let me just let me just just some context, right? A lot okay, of these yes. big Democrats, they uh, they they got together in solidarity and they wore kente cloths, which is uh, I guess uh, some specific traditional African it's garb. African garb. Yeah. And uh, they did a photo op where like Nancy Pelosi was kneeling, and you know all these other people were standing there, and it was I mean a very well tailored photo. Mm, yes, right? I saw. They look ridiculous. It, if it was like, any other ridiculous. context, it would have been a great photo. But, like, what is it? What is this thing? It, it, it's this, you know. Um, well, that I, thing is politics. Well, for sure. But it's also like pandering, and there's an amount of white guilt in people. In in other news, I've seen uh, uh, voice actresses and people who play black characters or voice black characters who mm -hmm. are not black themselves mm -hmm. stepping out of roles so that people of color can fill those roles from my understanding black people aren't looking for the atonement of the white sin they're not looking for the self-flagellation that these white people with white guilt are looking to just make up or or prove that you're in solidarity as far as i can interpret black people are just looking for equality stop killing us stop treating us differently yeah. you don't have to beat yourself you don't have to suffer in order to to make it okay you just have to stop being an asshole, asshole. asshole. Yeah. can we can you do that like, i mean basically yeah just like just leave me the fuck alone just like i'm gonna I'm I'm mind my business you mind you right <laughs> just quit fucking thinking that you can police things these karens right the karens are the worst because they're out there calling the cops on little eight-year-old black girls selling water without a permit oh you yeah know, I've seen that. all of these types of things like you know, just mind your own fucking business, man. It's really easy to just mind your own business. Yeah. About that picture, though, like, I volunteered for campaigns or worked on campaigns and things like that where they <laughs> basically say, you know, like, oh, we need some black people in there. Oh, like, yeah. you know, so it's like when I see that, you know, the whole kente cloth and yeah. them. Because there were other, there were black congressmen in that picture. Yeah. Now, how foolish do you look? Yeah. Getting down here with Come this Kente cloth with these white folks. Come on. And kneeling. Like, that. you just you look ridiculous. You know what I think? <laughs> like, <laughs> here's the thing is, I think just by 
understanding that, but just by being able to see that photo that you have these black congressmen participating in this yeah. type of behavior, this should tell you that your politicians are out of touch with the common man. Bro, the and, buffoonery. And like the, it's, yeah, that's the best way to put it. Absolute <laughs> like it, buffoonery. It's actually it's ridiculous. All all of them. Right. Like for real. Because it, I just feel like that picture was so it was just dumb. And Patrick, whoever yeah, what is, whoever told them like okay this yeah, was a good idea. Yes, whoever said this was a good idea, whoever <laughs> had that idea yo fire that guy like needs to be Yesterday. gone immediately because absolutely and they need to be blackballed because if you i mean like for real like that that was so I, ridiculous i can and then, forgive i can forgive but like but just the for me like also just pull your like, head out bro come on look at the bigger picture here to me man. the black folks like come on now what's wrong with y'all yeah. like y'all like that is just shooting yourself in the foot I don't know. I don't know. I don't care what you call it. You look crazy. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, and like I said, whoever just, whoever thought well, that picture was like a good idea was just just to be clear. Crazy. You don't look crazy because you are wearing a kente cloth. You look crazy because you're because of the thing that you're doing. It's just the like your intention and, behind it is what is in in is insane. Honestly, when I saw it, I was like, "What are we doing here? Yeah. Like, what is this?" What is like this is just so the biggest empty gesture in the world. Yeah, like, don't, you know what actions speak louder than words. Yeah, and like go go. A picture the, says a million words. Yeah, so stop taking pictures. Stop doing the shit. Do the reform for real. Be about it. Don't talk about yeah, it. Yeah, put that kente cloth uh, on the back of your seat as you write in there. This, you uh, go. Legislation. Yeah. Out. Like, take a picture looking like that. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Let me see you signing I mean, the bill that makes the actual change. For real. I just thought that that was crazy. And, yeah, they should not have released that picture. When I saw that, I thought of, like, a whack version of the, the dance scene in Coming to America in the beginning <laughs> when they dance in the wedding. Yeah. You know? A whack like, version? Like, yeah. Just like a, a very, I don't know, like an old-ass whitewashed version of it. Yeah, I don't know if you ever seen that movie. Oh Have yeah, you ever seen? Yeah, everybody Coming needs to, to watch Coming yeah. to America. Let them wait. Yeah, <laughs> talking to my son. But um, yeah, I thought that picture was ridiculous. Yeah. But okay, so back to Wilmington. So she heard these guys saying these things, and it was, I'm sure, probably like it says, days after uh the rioting and stuff started. For sure. Because they talked mm -hmm. about the protest. Yeah, and they uh, it says that going back to PortCityDaily.com here it says that the audio has Piner calling one of the officers bad news. Oh wait, let's see. It says the before this, I jumped ahead of myself. It says the conversation then turned to other police officers in the Wilmington Police Department, black officers. The audio has Piner mm. calling one of the officers bad news and a piece of shit. Mm. Uh, and he says, let's see how these boys take care of him when shit gets rough. See if they don't put a bullet in his head. You know what? When I was reading this, <laughs> I saw that uh, term a lot. What Bu term? Bullet in the head. Bullet uh, in his head. Phrase. Put yeah. And yeah. I'm like, God damn. They want to like that. Like, why are y'all? Why is that what you go to? <laughs> like, because I saw that uh, several times throughout this bullet in his head. Look, it's okay. Because hmm. they talk about a civil war. You know, and this is like, I, I feel like. I always fall back on this 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 warring mentality. Yeah. We talked a little bit about this yesterday, and this is just um, if you want to know what American heritage is, if you want to know what white culture is, it is to expand and dominate and suppress other cultures and 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 people. Right. And it's like, why? 
just some part of you doesn't know how to live in peace or live uh, in harmony you have to be in charge and this is where that whole mind your own business thing come from because it's not even a group mentality it's an individualistic mentality but i don't know with the police sometimes it seems like a group mentality. well for sure because that becomes the brotherhood you're all under the same veil but when you have the average white person out here saying i don't know you i don't know you live in this building you know these you see these sorts of things all the time if y'all don't know this, this this sort of thing happens every single day yeah go watch roland martin unfiltered on youtube and he's got segments called crazy ass white people and i love it right because a lot of times they sit down here and they break down these videos um but it's just white women or white people refusing to like let black people leave their own neighborhood or enter their own apartment building because i as the white person know everybody that lives here and i don't recognize you so you're not Mm -hmm. allowed to come in here and it's like, why are you this policing authority? You know, where did you where did you get this? But I feel like that just goes back to that whole thing of being afraid of the other. Yeah, you know, like unfamiliarity. You know, yeah. There was a a quote. I think I showed you this. Uh, Morgan Freeman. A lot of these like hardcore right wing people are trying to spread this around. We're talking about Morgan Freeman, where he says, "If you want racism to end, you have to stop talking about it." He says, I don't want a Black History Month because Black History is just American history. So he's like, I'm going to stop calling you a white man and you stop calling me a black man. Yeah. And I said, I don't agree with this. Specifically because in order to confront an issue or solve a problem, you have to talk about it. Yeah. You don't solve problems by ignoring them. Make people uncomfortable so that they can become comfortable. I didn't like doing a backflip on a trampoline the first time I tried it because that's terrifying. But the more and more you do it, the more and more you get used to it and you become comfortable in that space. So talk about these things with people, you know, have these conversations. This is what will help us grow and evolve and change and work through this. Yeah. So, sorry, these these dirty ass cops. Hey, man. (laughs) It is like it's crazy, too, because the amount of things that they say to me or like how far they take it Mm -hmm. um, is kind of mind-blowing but then at the same time i really don't understand why i'm so surprised but uh the article also says that he also referred to a magistrate judge um referring to Moore, uh officer Moore or corporal Moore, whichever one he is we'll just call him Moore because that's all he yeah. is, is Moore. <laughs> actually is yeah it? that's true because he is no longer mm-hmm. with the yeah. police department so should we Moore, call him less <laughs> that probably yeah he's gonna be less spending less time uh Outside of jail. Uh, yeah. Uh, so he also referred to a magistrate judge who is also black as a fucking Negro magistrate. At one point, Moore states she needed a bullet in the head right then and move on. Let's this, move this the body the, out of this the way. This was the judge. Keep going. He was talking about the judge. Talking this way. about the judge. Mm. Man. And these are the people out here meant to serve and protect you and uphold your rights. Yeah. And they're bro. talking about your your neighbor like this. This is how they're talking about your your judges. Your the judge is the objective person in the room, right? The judge is supposed to be supposed to be right. But I mean, what, what we've learned over, uh, if you watch that 13th, the 13th, uh, documentary, you Mm -hmm. learn that there were certain laws that were enacted that turned prosecutors into judges, not necessarily legally, but it made, made it so that the prosecutors were the ones executing the sentence and the judge, it was kind of out of the judge's hands. I don't remember exactly what the law was, but if you watch it, it's in there and they talk about this thing. And so, you had these cases that were brought to trial and these prosecutors were like, well, this is what we want. 
minimum sentencing, this, 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 and this is what's going to happen. And then when the jury convicted, they're like, that's what you get. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, prosecutors have a lot of power. I mean, judges do too, but prosecutors decide what goes before the judge. Yeah. You know, so it's a... the whole system is it's supposed to work sometimes it does uh but it, it, the problem is people's feelings get involved all, all if you're time. not able to look at things objectively right obviously you have racist people on juries and all these types of things undoubtedly right there's no way yeah. to vet these people so that's why you have a jury of more than one person or two people or three people right i, I mean in your experience how what is the average like jury size oh well is every jury 12? 12 people? 12 people. Yeah. So I think it can be six, but I'm not sure. I, for the most part, I, I believe it's it's 12, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. That. That's the number that I'm coming up yeah. with off the top of my head. I would, man, put sign me up for jury duty on all the things. I fucking hate jury duty. I would hate it too, but the fa- if, I, if I can sit in a room and try and make people understand that you don't get to just convict people because oh they did a bad thing before who gives a shit oh that's dude, not what oh matters God, here you'd be terrible to be uh, they would hate with. me bro <laughs> you're gonna be in here for the next three oh my months God. until you can no. realize to look at things objectively and stop <laughs> judging people for the things that happened to them like 10 years ago and how oh my goodness that somehow applies i'd to be me. like uh-uh you're gonna get his ass out of here yeah. <laughs> have you ever seen that episode of martin uh-uh. You never seen that episode of Martin where uh, him and Cole are on the jury together, Mm-mm. and Cole keeps uh, holding up the votes because he wants the lunch. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, and like Gina and Martin are trying to uh, have a baby, okay. and so Martin's like ready to get out of there uh, yeah, yeah. because she's like ovulating yeah. and they're supposed to have sex and all this stuff at a certain time. And they keep holding up the vote because uh, I'm about that lunch, the, man. Yeah, that yeah. shit is. I, yeah, you gotta watch that episode. <laughs> That's like hilarious. Okay, so bro, in in this article, one of these one of the comments that they made uh, really stood out to me because I just felt like a different comment stood out well, other than y- yeah, busting <laughs> a cap in these negroes' heads. <laughs> yeah, other than Jesus other Christ. than that, there was okay. The next one said. Officer Piner then explained to Corporal Moore that he felt society needed a civil war to wipe him off the fucking map. Mm. That'll put him back about four or five generations. I think that's like so telling. And I believe it is also a great explanation of what black people talk about when we talk about systematic racism. Mm hmm. And just racism in general and like the roots of it. Because his hope, he says, is that it'll set us back four or five generations. And I think that that highlights how you have systems in this country set in place to deliberately hold back um, minorities and people of color. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because... If you're talking, he's what he's doing is talking about affecting families and like wiping, you know. Yeah, I mean, they've, this is this is not a, a not a new thing, right? Right. Uh, the bombings of Black Wall Street, the destruction of Black neighborhoods, exactly. crack epidemics, and these types of things. You learn how uh, amount charges are much more harsh for a particular thing. Right. right. That this was the thing is with crack and cocaine. Cocaine. All the white people were doing cocaine. 
and crack is essentially the same thing. You just smoke it, yeah. right? But for some reason, if you were caught with crack, you got to go to prison for at least 20 years. But if you That's got caught insane. with cocaine, we'll slap you on the wrist and give you a fine. And it's like, why? What it, is it? Oh, oh, it's just because you find more black people with crack instead of cocaine because and, cocaine was more expensive. Right? And then you put the crack there. Right, exactly. <laughs> like you manufactured and made, produced and Yo, put the crack in the Right, street. y'all. Let, like, let, we're getting... This is just real. Just be real for a second. You think <laughs> that you couldn't like the the war on drugs? Uh, was this Reagan? Uh, Nixon. Nixon started the war on drugs. The war on drugs is a massive failure. And if you thought that they were warring against any drugs ever, then this is just you out of your mind. If you think that they couldn't take something off of the street if they wanted to, it would have been gone yesterday. Or I mean, they should have never put it on the streets in the first place. Well, this, of course, but yeah. to say that that we to say that they're trying mm-hmm. right the war on no war on drugs absolutely not it's not a war on drugs it's mass incarceration it's it's like you said systems set up in place disguised yeah. these things are disguised to make it more pal- palatable for the average human being to say these people have my best interest in mind whilst performing their own you know machinations they're 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 setting up. They're they're doing what they want to do. Yeah. And if you can put people in prison and get free labor, and you can get money from it, these people get rich off of private prisons and all that stuff. Man. But you know that that in this country, there's a long history of that. And I just that's why I believe that his uh, terminology there or what he says there is so important. That's why that's why that comment stood out to me. Other than. <laughs> more than the other things that he, yeah, or something. <laughs> that's why that stood out to me because when he says that I just think that that's so like if you just think about what he's saying uh, it's so deep because he is talking about that that just well him just saying that to me in that moment and I, I believe he says it without knowing what he's saying but it's just something that is ingrained in him like this is what he believes because it's probably what he's been taught he's been indoctrinated into this ideology and but that thinking is that we have to erase them their families like attack the families you know and that goes to what uh back to what we were saying when we were talking about social social security uh you know um with food stamps and things like that even though Black people are not the only ones on those things. Those are things that like hold you back. They are not meant for you to succeed. It's pretty much what they do for you. It's pretty much meant for you to stay exactly where Where you're at for the rest of your life and for that to carry on to each generation. Like he talks about setting us back four or five generations. I just think that's so like that, just that comment for real. It's so crazy deep. Like it is, because that just speaks to the thinking of a generation of white people, yeah. like how they are. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I think what you were saying is like, he doesn't, he, he probably isn't necessarily aware of exactly what he's saying. Right. Right. But, uh, you know, to your point, it's that you, you can be taught things, right? But... Other people aren't necessarily teaching an individual 
everything, the individual is teaching themselves. Right. This is how the human mind operates. You see things, you look at things, you hear things, and you come to your own conclusions. So even by being exposed to those ideas or those systems, he would inherently, it's not surprising that he would inherently come to that sort of right. conclusion or that sort of uh, horrible rhetoric. Right. Right? So it's just... I just thought that comment was extraordinary. For me, that's why it stood out to me more than the other things that they said because I just felt like it went it, it went so much deeper. Yeah. Than those other those the other comments, These the other comments I think were like surface level comments, right? That one is I would just, expect somebody to say some shit like that. Right? You know, it's weird. It's, I mean, obviously, that's a little sad. That's right? a little messed up. But it's not – it wouldn't surprise me so much to say, like, oh, we should just kill them all or shoot them in the head yeah. or something like that. Says, but then when you talk about, yo, we should, like, cut them back so that maybe there's only a couple of, like, babies left and right. they have to, like, learn how to survive or maybe somebody will adopt them and there will just be a lot less of them. Wipe them off the fucking map. Right. That'll put them back about four or five generations. Yeah. Where were we four or five generations ago? Uh, Jim Crow. Was it even, was it Jim Crow? Let's see. Four or five, uh, well, four or five generations. What's a generation? A generation is like right now we're in Gen me, Z. me to my dad. From yeah. my dad to my grandmother, from my grandmother to my great grandmother. That's four generations. And then from my great grandmother to my great great grandmother. Slavery. That's past slavery. I mean, well, not past. Well, I mean, because you know, if all, yeah, that is. Average lifespan, yeah. we'll say 80 years. Yeah. So, so, I mean, well, generation is considered 100 years. That's what is the. It? Yeah. Or no, that's a century, right? Yeah, it's or, a century. Because okay. we have gener. We have. Right now, we ha you and I are uh, millennials, right? And then after millennials, there's Gen Y. So just in our lifetime, we already have three different generations. Well, I'm thinking of generations in terms of like, well, yeah, you're just thinking about terms of, as a uh, offspring. Yeah, like how? Yeah. So so from like 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 I said, like from me to you, my dad, my dad to my grandfather, my grandfather to my great grandfather, right? Yeah. That's four, and then four great great, and then yeah, when you get about to my when you get to my great grandfather, I said that's, that's when you get to my grandfather, that's yeah. Jim Crow. Yeah, and you know when you get to my great grandfather, that's slavery. Great great grand, you know that's yeah. so. So about two hundred years. So ago. that's where you want us to be. You know, yeah. that's what that is. You want us to be. This is what he's saying for sure. But so, obviously, if you ever confronted the man and you said, "This is what you think we should do. We should have a lot of black slaves, and we should be doing these, and they should be doing all the labor," he'd, he'd probably be like, oh, no, say no, yes. No. I mean, they didn't in the. Uh, <laughs> In the article, it says each officer, I mean, even though they were like caught, it says mm -hmm. each officer admitted it was their voice on the video. They did not deny saying any of the things heard on the video. Each officer pointed to the stress of today's climate and law enforcement <laughs> as a reason for their venting. Oh. So, <laughs> you know, and they were fired. The irony in yeah. that is that they were fired by the black police chief. Mm. Who had who? I think that was literally like his second day on the job as police, police Just chief. Desserts. That's crazy. It was the first thing he did as the chief of police. He had to like do this public termination of of these racist white ass yeah. white cops. But the thing is, bro, just imagine it's he got caught with just those two other officers having that conversation. Mm -hmm. How many other officers in that? Precinct scene has yeah. he had conversations with that like yeah you know or you know 
how many officers or well, how many people at home? Let's be. Let's. And he's at home. I mean, like, how many other officers in that precinct? Let me just imagine that, right? Because even if it wasn't any other officers in that precinct, that's still too too many, right? Obviously, I'm not saying you're going to end racism tomorrow or any of these things, but you are what you eat, and you you know the things that you say you reinforce in your own mind. If you're out here talking about these things, then you're going to spread it. It's right. just like a disease. If you communicate it, if you put it out there, somebody's going to receive it. So doing any of it at all is not okay, right? Yeah, it's just not. And again, I'm not saying everybody, some, nobody's got to be perfect or something like that. I don't know. I just think it's crazy to know that there are police officers out there that are like that. But yeah, it also makes me wonder why people don't understand why black people have terrible encounters with the police because they like to say oh you know they're just a few bad apples no they're not like that is that is an infection yeah <laughs> like that runs throughout the entire country really yeah i mean the one, obviously one of the biggest things is you have these people who are all about blue lives matter and this and this and this you know defending uh police or law enforcement and they'll say, you know, uh, what about the good apples? This is my mom's argument is, is why are you pointing out the bad things and not talking about the good things? And I said, because the good, it, it, the good thing is just what you're supposed to do. That is your job. If you're not, if, if I go around killing people at my job, then I should be fired, not just ignored. That's so funny because um, that's what they do when like, an unarmed black person is killed by a police officer or like with Trayvon Martin. The first mm-hmm. thing they said was, Oh, well, uh, there was THC found in his system. So like, the time, like, you know, so what's your they point? point? These things out or he was arrested for such and such when he was, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. What uh, if he had cocaine in his system? Why does that matter? Right. Why is any of that pertinent? Well, because they say that it affects his, you know, his behavior. Does it it affects the cops' behavior? Well, no. Well, in the case of Trayvon Martin, they were saying that you know it's possible that um, that's what affected his behavior. But so, in my opinion, people who smoke marijuana, or in my experience, people who smoke marijuana, like do not are not very aggressive. Well, <laughs> regardless of whatever the substance does to you. If it's going, who, this is, I mean, then the question becomes like, what is normal? Because cops will pull people over all the time just because they're investigating something suspicious. Okay, is it suspicious? Is it against the law to be suspicious? No, until I break the law or until you catch me breaking the law, maybe mind your own fucking business. I watched the video the other day actually where this guy. Uh, was pulled over by the police. Well, he was already pulled over, rather. Um, someone, they said that they had got a suspicious car call mm-hmm. that someone called into 911. Yeah. And the issue was when the officer came up to the car, she had her hand on her gun and she said, you know, put your hands out of the window. And she started asking him if he had a weapon. And he became very upset by this, so he then asked her to call the sergeant. Right. Um, and, you know, he ended up calling, she, she ended up calling the sergeant and stuff like that. But before the sergeant came, I guess another officer 
or her partner came up and of course was asking him you know why are you not cooperating and he was telling him you know uh, well we got a suspicious car call and he's like well you know i don't have to show you my id he's like i live three uh houses uh you know uh um i live three houses up and um i was just sitting here he's like I oh just got this off is a black work. man with the dreads yeah you yeah see, yeah. Seen it. yeah and um, one of the parts that I don't like is that uh, the officer tells he's like, "Well, I don't have to show you my ID," and then the officer says, oh, "Okay," and as he's walking away, he goes, "Well, you're not gonna like how it ends." Right. Uh, of you know, he says that, and then um, the crazy part to me was after that when the sergeant actually came, you know, he says, "Well, I've broken no laws. Like, you, then you don't have the right to ask me for my ID. Mm-hmm. Like, I've done nothing. I was just sitting here." I was sitting here when she was in my car. Um, I was sitting in my car when she came up. And he goes, um, well, actually, you know, you are breaking the law. You know, you are, uh, your car is more than 18 inches from the sidewalk. Oh, and is it's that just the like, law? Yeah. And he's like, really? And I would have said the same thing. Like, really, bro? Like, they try to find those, like, really obscure laws of, like, like 18. So, yeah. So you have the right to, like pull your gun out and do all this right. because you blinked, I'm 18 you blinked more than five times in right. a 10 second period so, uh, so crazy. you know i just gotta pull you out and do a body cavity search and put this gun to your head and uh you know check your credentials and do all these things and make sure i know where you're coming from and where you're going uh you know nazi germany i mean this is what we this is what we're dealing with here is just so everybody knows because i've watched a ton of these police interaction videos when you get pulled over on a routine traffic stop, this is considered an infringement on your uh, Fourth Amendment. So your so. Fourth Amendment is, is a legal search and seizure. When you get pulled over, until that police officer can articulate, reasonably articulate why they pulled you over, that is an illegal detainment. So they can pull, they have the power to pull you over, but until they can articulate why they did it, Right. You don't have to do shit. So when they ask you for your driver's license, usually what they do is they, uh, the, 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 the typical order of operations is they pull you over, they walk up to your car, and they say, hey, how you doing? Do you know why I pulled you over today? And the reason they do that is because they want you to admit the guilt. As soon mm-hmm. as you admit to breaking the law, then they, have no, they can just write you a ticket, and it's fine. So number one, don't ever admit to breaking the law. Even if you knew that you didn't use your blinker or you made a quote-unquote wide turn <laughs> actually the last time i got stopped um i mean the officer was even though i felt like the the reason he was stopping me was some stupid shit um he it was yeah it was he he came when he came up he did say you know um hey my name is officer so and so and this is why i stopped you so when he did that i was like you know well okay like it was annoying, and I I still felt like in some ways he was kind of being a dick because he was giving me a hard time about other stuff that was just like stupid. And and then like so oh, that's what they do. He stopped me because I made a wide turn, a wide right turn. So yeah. it's like, well, the the last ten people that turned from here did the same thing. So. Right. But well, this is these are classic like police tactics, right? They 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 engage in conversation with you yeah. and. Uh, until they until they legally detain you, it's what's called a consensual conversation. Yeah. And so if a cop just walks up to you and starts talking to you on the street while you're doing nothing wrong, you can just walk away. 
this is at this point consensual, right? But they'll always try to detain you by telling you, I'm conducting an investigation. Yeah, they try to get you to incriminate yourself. Yourself. And by asking you these questions like, where do you live? Where are you coming from? Where are you going today? You know, what are you up to? Yada, yada, yada. You're just giving them information. These seem like innocent, you know, nonsense questions. Mm. But I guarantee you, this is what people, this is what gets people in trouble all the time. Yeah. Right? Because as soon as they, as soon as you say, as soon as you say, I'm coming from my friend's house, well, where mm-hmm. are you going? I'm going home. Oh, okay. Well, uh, how long have you lived here? Right? And you mm-hmm. can, like, let's just say I've lived here for a year. I just moved here. And you're, you're coming from your friend's house? Oh, okay. What part of town is that in? Yeah. And what part of town do you live in? Oh, okay. And then all they have to say is, well, uh, we've had a lot of break-ins in that area. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, that area is known for drugs. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to ask you to step out the car. Yeah. Oh, what? Why? Oh, because you came from a place that I told you that there's a lot of drug involvement, even yeah. though you have absolutely no idea whether or not that's true or not. So go ahead and step out your car. I'm going to search your vehicle, and I'm going to do these things, and I'm just going to, you yeah. know, I'm going to abuse you. You know, cops will, will ask you these questions, and they... They, they know what they're doing, right? They're trained on these things to play out the scenario in their favor. And honestly, I think a lot of it just has to do with money. Yeah. Right? They're, they're, try, they're looking for a reason to give you some paperwork, to give you a ticket, to charge you, these types of things. Um, or sometimes more than that. Because I know the last time I got stopped, like, the whole time he was talking to me, he wasn't even looking at me. He was like looking in my back seat yeah. to almost wanted to let the window down and be like, damn, like, there you go. It ain't shit back there. You're looking he looking for was, something. Yeah. Like that's what, yeah. he was looking like so hard and I'm like, bro, let me, let me find something. There's absolutely nothing back there. Yeah. Like, so the, the, the fact that this is the behavior of people who are meant to serve and protect you and when, what they're actually doing is, uh, you know, trying to detain you and incriminate you. It's like, what is this weird backwards? This is backwards. You shouldn't be doing this. You should be, you sh- if you want to pull me over because I made a wide turn, you'd be like, hey, I saw you made a wide turn. You know, I was just checking on you. You cool? Is everything good? Like, yeah, officer, I'm okay. Yada, yada. All right, cool. Have a nice day. The end. And I believe it's easy for people to say, oh, you know, well, they just want to bash cops. You know, they just want to talk about them. And no, I, uh, they just don't like police officers, you know, whatever. Yeah. But that's, it's really not the case. Like it's so much more deeper than that because it's not I mean, about that's po- just not how it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's not about police hate. Yeah. I don't hate police. I just want them to be held accountable, right? I just want them to feel like they are held to a higher standard other than throwing people on the ground or abusing people or doing these things. This this thing is this is not okay. And I understand that there are times where you're probably going to have to bust a cap in somebody. Look, like, if you're going to bust a cap in somebody's ass, it should only be because they're about to do it to you. Yeah, or because they just shot up a whole school right, full of children or right. they shot up a fucking church. But you don't take them to get right. food. Yeah, this is... Uh, this. <laughs> like, you know, that, that's the appropriate time to be busting caps and ass. Sure. But, and even that, it shouldn't... It's that, it's that weird, like, American mentality of, like, they're almost like looking for the excuse to be able to shoot somebody. Yeah. It's like no average person knows what that's like, but I've never had the desire or wondered what it would be like to murder another person, you know, and because they have this impunity to get away with it, there's no fear of doing it at all. And what is one more body amongst foundations to just 
snuff out a life. You know, yeah. there's a million other people. So, you know, you, you kill a guy. Oh well, doesn't doesn't affect me, but it really does. But I hope hopefully they don't. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying hopefully, but it's just hard to believe that there are so many police officers out there that just think the exact same way as like these guys in Wilmington and um, but I believe that just goes along with the culture like that's a there's so, some historic uh, foundations there as far as like the way policing began uh, yeah you know, think about like slave patrols well also think about like uh, old west sheriffs I can't mm-hmm. tell you exactly how those scenarios played out, but every time they're depicted in movies, you know, there was just a guy that was elected sheriff. This wasn't a this wasn't a man that had any sort of training in ethics or people skills or something like that, right? He was just the lawman. Yeah. Right? They just said you are the guy that that takes care of the law around here. And a lot of times you had like the mayor or whatever of your little town but you also had the uh, the chief yeah. or you know whoever the sheriff, and it was like this this guy was the one who, who just laid it out there, right? If he felt like you were doing something, who you know, who's to stop him from like shooting down a person in the street or something like that? Is that true though? I mean, I feel like that's a very romanticized well, view. Of... And that's what I'm saying is like these these are the depictions that I see in movies and these types of things. I don't know if that's actually how it went down. Right. I, I wouldn't want to say that, but it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. You know, because, uh, yeah. But, I mean, you think about the way police officers act and behave and do these types of things. Look at the amount of training that they have. These sort of things are very important to understand. Uh, Because this website here, Rasmussen College, and this is talking about police rankings. Mm -hmm. And it says the eight police ranks you may encounter in law enforcement, in your law enforcement career. Number one, police technician. Most police technicians need a high school diploma or equivalent. No experience is typically necessary. Mm. Uh, And what does that job do? And so a police technician, this entry-level position involves assisting sworn personnel in follow-up investigations of assigned cases, enforcing parking laws, and issuing citations, a.k.a. tickets, directions, directing traffic at accident and crime scenes and a myriad of other tasks that support police departments. So it looks as as you climb the ranks in the police uh, police world, you gain more responsibilities and you are expected to uphold a certain amount of responsibility. Then you have police officers, patrol officers, or police detectives. Most officers and detectives need to complete a training academy in their area. Uh, which is typically around six months. All right. Uh, education requirements beyond that range from high school diploma to bachelor's degree. So you don't even need a college degree in order to become a patrol or police officer. I thought you did. This this is depending on the area, all depending on the employer, the specific uh, job, and lo- local regulations. But mm-hmm. according to this, as long as I mean this, the, all this is telling us is that there are places out there that, in order to become a police officer or patrol officer or police detective, mm-hmm. all you need is a, is a high school diploma. In some places, this is all that is necessary. You don't need any form of higher education. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about you, but how many eighteen-year-olds do you know that are just in their right mind? So you can be. You said it said eighteen years old. You can as early as eighteen high years school old, diploma. Can, a high school diploma, but like. Is there a certain age? Uh, I don't think bracket? so. Because can you be eighteen and become I, a 
So it's saying you can be 18 years old and become a police officer. You can become 18. You can be 18 years old and you can become a police technician. Oh, okay. And but then, what they do? And like if they from, just uh, right. But this is how you work your way through the ranks. Oh, okay. This is the ranking system. Okay. And police technician requires absolutely no experience and a high school diploma. Okay. You are literally doing police work. Like a meter maid. Like I know that's not the correct. You could call it a meter maid, but the term, terminology, but maybe would it be like a meter maid? Mm, okay. Directing. I'm not sure how I would feel. I don't. I don't know how I would feel about that. I don't know. But I eighteen mean, years old. Right. If I mean, you're 18... just a meter maid, you just write not tickets and stuff. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It. I, I guess it depends. I don't know if I would have a problem with that. I feel like I might not. Like if you're just writing. Like if you're going and you're writing a ticket because right. But you're setting someone... the limitations here. You're the one who's saying meter maid. Well, that's Think what I'm saying. Well, okay, else other was, than meter maid. Well, that's Every what I'm saying. It depends on what that, like, what, what all they do. Because if a police technician just like, it says if assistant follow up investigations. Well, be- so, like, because we don't know exactly what it entails, I mm-hmm. think the best course of action here would be to consider the possibility that it entails a lot more than just a meter maid. I, okay. So I mean, do they have a gun? They have some mace. They probably have mace. Okay. You know. So, as you climb the ranks, again, you can start off with just a high school diploma. Police corporal, uh, officers who become leaders and differentiate themselves on the job and might be promoted to corporal as an official way to acknowledge their leadership on the force. Police sergeant, and this is what we talked about a minute ago, a little while ago, right? Uh, if you're ever involved in a, uh aggressive traffic stop or an aggressive interaction with police officers do not hesitate to ask for their sergeant and exercise your fifth amendment right to remain silent do not incriminate yourself uh do not give them anything to incriminate you with just say that you refuse to answer any more questions until you can speak to a sergeant and and cooperate right cooperation means don't resist if they want to arrest you and take you to uh, the police station, let them do it. Because if they don't have any reason to hold you there, then that's a lawsuit. And you can sue they ass, and you're going to get a little pretty penny out of that. But what if you're not resisting, and then they say, stop resisting. And you're like, huh? And they go, stop resisting. And then they start whooping your ass anyways. I mean, you're going you're gonna to take a beating. But every, <laughs> as long as you have this stuff on, as long as you have evidence of this happening, mm-hmm which every police department should be using body cams. Not right. all of them do, but every single one of them should be mandatory police body cam. Uh, but sometimes you have a police body cam and it's they turn it off. off. Yeah, they'll or... turn it off. They mute the audio. They do yeah. these sorts of things all the time. This is why we have ladies that review body and see, footage. I think it was either in that article or something else that I read where they were talking about the camera that was affixed to the back of the police car mm-hmm. uh, and it was like tilted down so you couldn't see so you, things. yeah so you could yeah. not see things um so this is why when <laughs> we initially had that first conversation ever uh, where i was, I was like about that, yeah. where i was like yo literally and they say it in that in that documentary the 13th is right. one of the guys says he's like and people have been saying this all the time now too. Will Smith kind of made the, the the phrase famous. Racism didn't get worse. People just got cameras. Yeah, they just got cameras, bro. Your cell phone in a traffic stop or in an, in an interaction with any person that could become a legal uh, engagement later on, video and audio evidence 
is your saving grace. Yeah. This is what it is. As long as you have evidence of these things happening, you can convict. You, it's going to make it a thousand times more difficult for these people to get away with doing horrible things or violating your rights if you got it on camera. So you cooperate, you do things peacefully. It's, this, is the, this is everybody's biggest test, is doing things in a calm and collected manner. They're going to mm-hmm. abuse you. They're going to do these things. You just need to know your rights. You need to exercise them peacefully and calmly. You need to record everything you can, obviously, within what you feel safe of doing. Yeah. right? Because that was the biggest stipulation that you and I had, as you were like, nah, these black people out here can't be busting at the cameras because that's just inviting abuse that's inviting the attack from from the oppressor so i don't know if we talked about this in the last episode but like just to let you all know that like this is kind of how we this was this was the beginning of sort of my transformation and how we got into the whole uh two bros bros, different mo's yeah world podcast because if mo's at twitter instagram just to let you know <laughs> we can right so i came to you and i had been watching all these all these police interaction videos and i was like yo this is a saving grace you gotta bust out your camera you gotta you gotta stand up for yourself yeah. can't let them abuse you because as soon as they know that you got that camera they're gonna act a whole lot different and i was like no right like no you can't do that <laughs> like right like, <laughs> And it was just funny because we... Why? Yeah. Why? Why can't... Why shouldn't you do that? Well, I mean... From your perspective, where were you coming from? What were you thinking? I have always been taught that when you get stopped by a police officer, you know, you when you're stopped as they're walking up to the car, you know, both hands on the wheel. Yeah. None of this in your lap stuff. Are you crazy? Right. None of this reaching for a phone which can be called a gun right well here's the thing is i feel like there's an order of operations here i'm not okay. suggesting against that as soon as you get pulled over the, it's the first thing i'm doing boom facebook live then i put my hands on the steering wheel and when the cop comes up to the car he's mm-hmm. you know he introduces himself he goes through his spiel and i say yo i'm just letting you re- know right now i am recording you mm-hmm. and you can say that <laughs> or you don't have to but you still be cordial you still but, do your thing but me as a black person sometimes when i get stopped especially depending on the neighborhood i can barely pull over let alone bring out my phone and turn on facebook live because i'd be so be sweating so much and shaking and trembling right and so <laughs> and, and so then this raises the question Anybody who's listening to this mm-hmm. right now, do you know anybody who doesn't have some sort of uh, like trepidation or hesitancy or apprehension or anxiety when they are pulled over by a police officer? You're talking about like my black friends or just my anybody listening to this? Well, all yeah, non, all yeah. white white people, yeah. white yeah, people, I have a, um... Latinos, black people, Middle yeah. Eastern people, Asian people. Do you get pulled over and just automatically think this is going to go smooth? Or do you get a little anxious when you get pulled over by a cop? Well, I have I have several friends and Dave Chappelle. Mm -hmm. I'm sure, you know, he's Dave Chappelle. I wish Dave Chappelle was one of my friends. (laughs) But no, no, I mean, like, you know, he doesn't get nervous when he gets pulled over. I'm Dave Dave Chappelle. Chappelle. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but um, (laughs) I do know people who sometimes um, and usually they are uh, my white friends who very often just blatantly disobey the traffic laws mm-hmm. because they just feel like they get stopped like you know it ain't no, no problem thing. yeah whatever yeah. like i was just speeding 
Yeah. Like, so that's not how I think of it. You know, like if I'm getting stopped, I'm like, ah, fuck. Like, I have to make sure I don't have anything, you know. You are you are deliberately on your P's and Q's yeah, in order much. to not invite some sort of aggression. Yeah. And Absolutely. it's, you know, for for not resisting or, or being difficult at all, it's yeah. just, I'm here I am. And and then it's hard for me, too, to uh, get stopped because I got a smart mouth. So it's hard for me to get stopped. And, you know, sometimes yeah. a police officer will come to your car with an attitude. Mm-hmm. And then when you, uh, when they get what they give, you know, they get upset. Absolutely. And then they want to be like, you being disrespectful? No. I just have the same tone that you did, right. and you just approached me. Yeah. So if what's if the problem I'm being here? Disrespectful. We're being disrespectful, motherfucker. Yeah. Are you okay, officer? Yeah, but that like, but you know, you can't say that because number <laughs> one, I don't want this ticket. You can't say that. Yeah. I can say See, that. I could, yeah, because and then that reminds me though of um just you know back in the day you know when when black people used to get stopped by police officers. I was watching Hidden Figures last night. Me and Jonathan watched that movie, and uh, in the beginning when they get stopped by the cop, the actress uh, or Jan- Janelle Monae's character, the lady that Jan- Janelle Monae plays, um, she like has a smart mouth too, and like she. Like says something to the cop that you know, just like a quip. I I'd call it like yeah. it wasn't even anything, just super <laughs> negative. But he automatically he was like, "You being disrespectful," and yeah. she had to be like, "Well, no, you know." Like she had to revert back to that never. Innocent. I would never see. Yes, I mean, I think that we do that. For me, I would do that. Number one to not get a ticket because I feel like if you get smart with him. That's more of a chance. More, you're yeah. just gonna piss them off. Yeah, just give so you a ticket in order no to just what. fuck with you, they're you know they're gonna give you a ticket. Yeah. And then number two, I feel like like you said that invites invites aggression mm-hmm. that I don't want to be invited. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the bottom layer of, of the human experience is again just coming from the ego, not being able to be objective. Not looking as not you know you have to under you, you got to imagine that a cop is pulling over any individual and just automatically assuming they're taught, they are literally trained to think that when you pull somebody over because they didn't use their blinker or something, you better be prepared that that person might harm you. Yeah, that's and true. Why is this what you're teaching people? You're teaching police officers who are meant to serve and protect people that the people that they're meant to serve and protect are an initial and inherent threat to them. But at the same time. To play devil's advocate here, that does happen. There have been plenty of for times sure. where an officer stops someone for a a failed blinker Absolutely. or whatever, and as soon as they get out of the car or approach the car, the person either tries to run them over or mm-hmm. starts shooting at them. So, how do you teach them to be aware of that while at the same time teaching them to be teaching them to be like not so aggressive or accusatory? Mm-hmm. initially like how do you teach that so i mean i think this just require how do you teach that my answer to that is i don't know but i think it requires a lot more than a high school diploma and six months of training if you look at the statistics of other countries norway i think it was norway police have only killed like one person in the last 10 years mm. but norway is significantly smaller than the the united states is it it is right. It's in Norway. Like it's not as big as the U.S. is. I don't know. 
Then is My interpretation birth? of the U.S. is that it's huge, and I know it's tiny AF. It is small. Americans have this idea that we're so big and so fast, and we're really not compared to everywhere else in the world. Yeah. Right? Like, so. So is there any uh, position that requires, like, some kind of, I guess, higher education? Or is there any position, like, what's the what's the most amount of training you have to have in order to be, like, a police officer that patrols the streets? Uh, like a sergeant. It's just the academy. A sergeant yeah. is somebody who has years of experience, typically about five years. But they don't have any... But, I mean, what kind of... If they were going to... You don't need a certification. Okay. As far as I'm aware, it's just a matter of experience, and it's what you show. So you what, show that leadership. You show uh, the ability to engage with public figures and these types of things. If you can demonstrate mm-hmm. that you're able to do this, then you can ascend to this rank over time. So what uh, what qualifications do you think they should have? Uh, definitely continued education, mm-hmm. right? Um, other other countries, like like I said, I, I mentioned Norway. Uh, it's usually these um, these European countries. Mm-hmm. Um, where they go through like it's like if you want to become a police officer it's just like a bachelor's degree go to school Mm -hmm. for four years so you can learn about you know how to engage with people you know talking to people these types of things de-escalation you know these are not things that you can learn in oh you know six weeks or something like that you have to practice these things they take time read books why is it that i have to go to school for four years in order to give people drugs and just change their diapers but you can go to school for six months and shoot people and get away with it you know what's what what is what's the disparity here why is this here so uh as far as i'm concerned yeah go to school for three years yeah at least go to school for three years and this isn't about criminal justice this isn't about going to school for to get a, a degree in criminal justice or something like that this is this is training Right. right. Learn how to interact with people. Learn about how the human mind works. Learn about de-escalation techniques. Learn about, you know, all sorts of things in order to make other people feel comfortable and safe because that is your job is to serve and protect them. Obviously, you will have those instances where people lash out and are violent or are on drugs or those people have mental illnesses and things. You know, I've watched videos of police pick, picking up a schizophrenic man on the side of the road, mm-hmm. going through a schizophrenic episode. He was lost. He couldn't answer questions. He couldn't talk. The EMTs abused him, right? And the cop was like, "All right, fine. I'll just take you to the, to the to the jail, or I'll drop you off somewhere." How did they abuse him? They uh, they would yell at him. There was there's a thing. I don't remember what it was. It had something to do. It was some sort of inhalant. To kind of like stimulate the brain mm-hmm. it's what you give to people who uh not necessarily you know they're just when they're on downers alcohol or something like this it kind of stimulates them they in, instead of like wafting this in front of his nose to like help mm-hmm. him inhale it they shoved it up his nostril and oh, they just left goodness. it there <gasps> they just let it sit there you know and he he like i said he wasn't answering questions they're like where are you going what's happening do you have somebody we can call and he's like uh you know Oh my God. Where where is the training that you don't recognize that this man might be having a mental episode as opposed to thinking that he's just being an asshole to you? Yeah. There's no awareness there on this situation. So the cop picks him up, 
drives him so many miles down the road and literally drops him off at a gas station. This guy is in a pair of shorts, and that's it. The guy ends up walking back onto the road and gets hit by a car and dies. No. Where was that? I don't remember exactly where it was, but Uh I'm telling you. I I, I can find the video, and I'll, I'll like, post a link to it or whatever, but this is... This is a thing that I've watched. This is this this is, this happened. There's there's footage from the EMT from inside the EMT uh, ambulance, mm-hmm. the cop from the gas station cameras of him getting dropped off these yeah. things, and the guy got hit by a car and he died. That's so. Crazy. How do you not do your due diligence? You just. But when did it become? So when did it become their job to protect and serve? Because you know, as soon as the you police officers like you take an oath. You, okay. What what I'm saying like in. In a historical in his, context, in a historical they context. were never. That's not how they were like really created, you know. Like, what was a sheriff's? Well, you know, what was what was their job for? Well, policing at first uh, began with like slave patrols. That's like how policing like originally began. So their job was basically to arrest or like um, I guess they are what you would probably consider U.S. marshals today because they would hunt and like arrest fugitive slaves like runaway slaves are like you saying that is the are you saying that modern day police officers originated from just slave patrols i mean in america that's that's kind of like how it began we didn't have a policing no, force before we had slavery there weren't people within colonies who were charged with keeping the peace in terms of like policing yeah I don't believe so. You don't think so? What's People the, were just what's like, the, "What is the exact uh, going around doing whatever they wanted to?" And I don't think people were going around doing whatever they wanted to. But like, I mean, like in the form of like a task force in like that sense. Let's see. I think you're right though, because it says like the first. It talks about the U.S. Marshals. Yeah. If I learned anything from Django, it was that U.S. Marshals were around before slavery. Yeah. Well, it's been around. It's been around for a very long time. Yeah. But I, I guess my. So when were they tasked to ever? When were they tasked to serve and protect? Yeah. Like I wonder when that was something that was. When that was put in place and when they adopted that like ideology because bef- at first I feel like it was just the, the point of them was to like hunt fugitives and shit like that like just period like you know like with the US Marshals and shit hmm. so like as far as like well, there were more fugitives thing, besides escaped slaves and stuff like that too well I know yeah that's what I mean as I say, like just and guy. and those are just and those are literally U.S. marshals. You're talking about a, a a government entity as opposed to a state or a city or town. Yeah. Right. So that's what U.S. marshals did: is they traveled all over the place. They were collecting bounties, looking for people. Right. Trying to track people down because they killed a bunch of random. Like in Django. Yeah, like in Django, <laughs> Bonnie and Clyde type shit was more like the twenties, yeah. right? They were on, they were on, they were out on the lamb. Right? That was what you said. That was nineteen twenty. I think Bonnie and Clyde was like nineteen twenties. Yeah, yeah. Automobiles, uh, automatic weapons, banks, banking systems. These types of things were being robbed and taken advantage of. Cops were like out looking for them. They were able to communicate maybe via radio and these sorts of things. 
uh, across long distances. Yeah. Uh, telephones were being invented, you know. So, yeah. So when were they when were they tasked to serve and protect? I don't know. I would imagine it was around urbanization. Urbanization in the nineteen like nineteen thirty two or nineteen twenty nine something like that, mm-hmm. uh, when more people started living in cities and towns and they did live on farms. So when urbanization came about and uh, people were spending more time in those areas, I feel like that's about the time when police officers were tasked to serve and protect, because this is where the people were. They conglomerated yeah. in a in a in a uh, particular area. But it's like, when I think about that, you know, there is an image that has been painted of police officers of them, uh, well, the, the getting cats out of a tree, that's the fire department, right? I would, I would say both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for right? sure. You know, yeah. they, we, we have, we have put the, we have put our workload, such a broad workload onto our law enforcement yeah. that they are stretched so thin mentally. How can you expect somebody with a high school diploma to be able to achieve all of these things yeah right getting a cat out of a tree ain't a hard thing no it's not but you're there I to mean, help why, like why is that important it's really not <laughs> but i mean like you know yeah. like but uh, that should give you an idea of of the relationship that people used to have with police yeah they used to be able to walk up to somebody and say hey mister like you i recognize you as the good guy you are inherently good in the community. Can you help me with this thing? And they'd be like, absolutely, Sonny. Or, yeah, we'll, we'll do what we can. I'm here to help you. Yeah. Right? I've had instances where I, I was downtown Houston mm-hmm. late at night, like coming home from concerts. Mm-hmm. And this was before, like, uh, GPS and stuff when I was, like, in high school or, mm-hmm. or shortly uh, after high school. I would go to concerts and stuff like that, and they would let out at, like, you know, midnight or 1 o'clock in the morning. And I didn't, I had an idea of where I was going if I could get to like major roads, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know exactly how to get home, right? I just tried to remember how I got there and then I would go back that way. There were, there have been instances where I've been downtown Houston and I've pulled up next to a police officer late at night and I like waved at him like, you know, can you roll your window down? And I was like, Hey man, like I'm just kind of lost. I'm trying to get back to like highway 59. And the guy's literally looking at me like, what the, get the fuck out of here. I asked I asked this man for help I'm lost can you tell me how to get to this thing and he's like what what do you want he's like no go just go he just he shushed me and moved me along and I was like bro what the fuck is this I'm I need help yeah and he's like you ain't gonna get it from me and this is not an exaggeration in any way shape or form I believe you this is exactly what happened and I'm like how did we go from being able to to have a relationship with I can I ask you anything or approach you without them like being wary of I'm going to pull a gun on you, right? And I can't even ask you for directions. But has it ever been there where we've been to a point where it's like uh, the police are supposed to be helpful? There are some police officers that I've run into that have been nice and things like that. But like, has it ever been at that point? Because that's what I'm saying. You know, I believe that I don't know where that whole protect and serve thing came from. Because the police, I feel, do exactly what their title is. Like they police, you know, they police the people. So right. So, but that's that would that would be your your own learned interpretation of what police is or should be. But I mean, there is this picture of them. Uh, there is this glossy picture of them, you know, getting cats out of trees and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, Helping and, the community. And uh, clearly, our interpretations are similar because. 
even you said, you know, you stopped and uh, were, was asking for directions, mm-hmm. and he told you to, like, move the fuck along. Yeah. You know, so that is that is very much an inter- this, one of the same interpretations I have of police officers. Like, that is what I would imagine if I think of one, that type of interaction. Yeah, so all it takes is one, yeah. right? It's really hard for us as people, as individuals, to not take that to heart and imagine like after I've had that experience it's hard for me to not apply that to future experiences if I get pulled over the last time I engaged with a police officer he shushed me and told me to go away (laughs) so if I'm gonna get pulled over by one I don't feel like this guy's gonna be much nicer exactly it's really hard again as individuals to separate those people and not kind of take those learned experiences as judgments and apply them to everybody else but yeah nobody's perfect so you know it all you got to do is be the change but you know they talk about bad apples and like honestly i've probably had more negative encounters with police officers than i have positive ones there have been positive ones but I would say the majority negative. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I mean, that's why I said nobody, I can't think of anybody, even, you know, maybe like middle-aged white people or something like that now, boomers and stuff like that, because Mm -hmm. they uh, they are kind of indoctrinated into that whole idea of like, these are the police, right? Just let them do their job, just give them what they want, and it'll all be okay. And it's like, well, of course, if you're white and you just cooperate and bend over backwards and let them do whatever they want, but that's not their job. Yeah. You're just letting them do whatever they want. You're saying if you just let people abuse you, it'll be okay. It right. won't be let them violate you and abuse you, and it'll be very it'll be quick and painless and you can go about your day. So what do you then think about what the cops in Wilmington said because just imagine how many other police officers throughout this country think exactly the same way. That's scary. Yeah. Like I was when I read that article like for I was like horrified by that. And that's I don't believe that's an exaggeration. Because no. I mean those are all verbatim. It's from the from the audio. Yeah, it's it's from the video. Exactly what they think. It's not and not what an they exaggeration feel. at all, yeah. And like I said, the generation thing was just very eye opening. Yeah. What what part of you where does that come from where you th- it's somehow okay to just kill a lot of people all right everybody that concludes episode two uh we touched on a lot of things we really want to hear your feedback we want to know what your opinions on these things are what your perspective is don't forget to hit us up at gmail and uh find us on the socials twitter and instagram yeah uh we can keep this conversation flowing and growing yeah guys until next time take it easy